It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, video folks here live on YouTube. We appreciate you. Uh, Listen, there's tons of you on right now. I love it. Could y'all do me a favor? Everybody look down at the bottom of the screen. There is a thumbs up like button on this episode. Everybody mash that button today. Let's see if we can get the thumbs up like button for this episode to match the total people that are watching. Just click it. And if you haven't clicked subscribe and notification while you're down there clicking, click those two. We love having you all around. Appreciate it so very much. All right, Jeff. Let's get back into this because there's lots of talk over here and there's lots of things that are going to be fun to get to. Uh, The scrolling way, way back is probably not going to happen. If you posted something before this that you really wanted to talk about, post it again. Put it back in the comments so that I don't have to go scream searching for it. But uh, Carrick Melvin checked in during the the Nick Crawl conversation and said this about Nick Crawl being done. Carrick says that Nick Crawl never said he was done. He said he was done with big moves, uh, could still add a platoon bat. First of all, I think this Brett Suter move is a big move. Um, I don't think that that's the minor adjustment to the bullpen that he said he was going to make. This is a bigger type of move for me. I I really like this signing. Uh, But to your point, Carrick, yeah, uh, he did did leave wiggle room when he said he was done. He said he was done with major moves, done with big signings. Yeah, you're right. Um, And to your point about the platoon bat, I think that's where we landed too, but, but you're right, Carrick, he, he left himself an out. So it wasn't him saying one thing and doing another. He just may have Jedi and mind trick Jeff a little bit. Uh, Look, Hey, did I do it right? Did I do the star Wars reference? Right. Was that? Yeah, you got there. Yeah. All right. I got it. (laughs) How about that? Uh, There's some one comment here. I I just wanted to touch base on this one too. Uh, Username. If my clicker will work. So the team Bob says, I hope we get to see Ricky again this year. Uh, sadly, he is in another organization now. He's gone. Where did he sign? Was it? Do you recall? Um, I think it's with the Royals. No, it's not with the Royals. Um, I know that's what ah. I was going to say. Kansas City too, but I don't know. He's gone. Uh, I don't see him back. Uh, that is a, a moment in time uh, that we're never going to recapture. Well, cause he, cause he Glad was in the minor leagues and he accepted uh, free agency. He elected free agency right. over staying in the organization. Let me see here. Ricky Karcher. Where'd he go? Diamondbacks is what the comment section is telling me. Diamondbacks. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Hey, you know, if he's got a shot there, he's got a shot there. Um, that was that was a guy that, you know, it's always going to be a fun story, but that was a guy that's a fun story. And I don't think that there was the Reds were really counting on much more from that. This is a good question from Doug. He says to contrast our take on the Reds offseason versus the rest of the division. And we've made fun of the Cubs a little bit. We haven't talked about Milwaukee really at all for good reason. And then there's the stinking St. Louis Cardinals. So let's let's play with this a little bit, Jeff. Uh, the Cardinals did go out and make some moves. I just don't I just don't know that their moves equate to them being favored in this division like the odds makers are favoring them in this division. I think they're being overhyped. Uh, I think that they have allocated some resources in a in questionable ways for players that you know I just don't think are you know on the upswing of their careers. Uh, I think taking all that into account, I don't rate them as the favorite to win this division. I think Milwaukee Jeff is a team in peril. I Mm -hmm. think they, they are a team that has not set a course. 
they are they look to be a team that's primed for an explosion and i mean blowing it up mm -hmm. and just getting rid of the rest of the guys that are still around and starting from scratch that could seemingly make sense there in milwaukee the cubs who positioned themselves to be the mover and the shakers to be the team that went out and played los angeles dodgers new york mets light and really just loaded up to make a run for it and they didn't really do very much until this week no and and that's something that i discussed a lot with our locked on mlb host sully on a crossover from yesterday is that looking at the rest of this division I think the Reds are definitely the favorites, especially with the moves that they've made. I mean, the Pirates continue to pirate. Like, I still don't know exactly what they're going to do if they ever care about contending because it kind of felt like they were close-ish to where the Reds were ending last season. Obviously not win-loss-wise, but just the feeling of their future and that the fact that they were close to being a top team in this division. You're right about Milwaukee. I, I low-key think, and I think that they're not going to make any trades before the season, but they're going to wait and see how what they have right now works out. And if it doesn't work out, if they're getting into May and they're not quite there, if they're getting into June and all that stuff, they're going to blow it up. And I still feel like that, that the Brewers are ready to take a step back. The Cubs, they've got a few more moves in them, but what are those moves at this point? Like they could bring back Cody Bellinger, but they had him last year. And I mean, while that helped, it didn't take him to the playoffs. Shota Imanaga is a solid signing, but he's not an ace. He's not a guy that's better than, I mean, he and Marcus Stroman were probably on the same level. So really you just replaced Marcus Stroman, who is now a New York Yankee. Uh, at the end of the day, I thought that the moves that the Cardinals made were just to bring them back to the middle of the division. Sonny Gray is probably the singular most talented signing that the NL Central has had, but they also coupled that with trading away Tyler O'Neill. He's in Boston now, and they've got two starting pitchers. One led the, led the league in hits allowed. The other led the league in homers allowed. So what are you really gaining there? I, 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 I don't buy the resurgence of the Cardinals, and I absolutely buy the fact that the Reds will win this division. I mean, unless the Cubs just go out and sign everybody else remaining on the free agent roster, which I don't see happening. I think from a standpoint of looking at the Cardinals starting rotation, I think it is improved. I mean, you're right about Sonny Gray, but overall, even with the other additions, I think it's better. I mean, first of all, just the fact that they're not running Adam Wainwright out there and, and <laughs> the end of Adam Wainwright was like weekend at Bernie's. I think that somebody was just holding his corpse up and, and helping him throw the baseball. It was terrible. So that's an upgrade. But for me, I, I mean, I'm, I know, Jeff, I know it's easy for people to be like, ah, your guys are just homers. Uh, you're just biased. You, but I really feel like the Reds are truly, honestly, the best position team in the National League Central mm. to make a push and win this division. Uh, I, I just, I really do. I think the moves that Nick Crow has made have solidified my thoughts around that, that this team should really be on opening day favored to win the division. And, yeah. and the odds makers clearly don't agree with me right now, but I, I really feel like I'm landing there honestly, and I'm not putting Cincinnati colored glasses on and just making that prediction. I, I, I feel like that's true. And, and I know I did not mention the Pittsburgh pirates at all. Uh, and shout out to Ethan, bless your heart. I know you think they're going to win something. Uh, I'll talk about the Pittsburgh pirates when the Pittsburgh pirates, um, try a little harder and, and we'll see. They're going to be fun. The Pirates are going to be fun. Uh, O'Neill Cruz is going to be back. 
it, it, there's some fun players to watch over there, but I don't think Pittsburgh's in the mix quite yet. They, uh, they will always have April of last year where they finished April in first place in the division. Think about that. They were at one time first place in the division last year. Oh, I remember because Ethan Smith could not contain himself. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Ethan over at Locked On Pirates. Let's get to this from Grant because there was some Joey Votto news this week. And uh, Joey Votto in my heart and mind is always going to be a red. So we're going to talk about him here. But Grant asks this. He says, humor me as I vent. Why can't we pull up to Joey Votto? Say, get in the car, loser. We're going to the World Series. Give him $3 million. Rescue him from free agency purgatory and kick Jose Barrero off the bench. Uh, Grant goes on to say, I know Barrero plays outfield and has more utility. I know there isn't a spot for Joey on the field. I just hate the thought of him watching the Reds win the World Series from the sidelines the year after he leaves. Grant, you are reading my mind as a fan, as a, as my love of the Reds, my appreciation for all that Joseph Daniel Votto has brought to this team. I am with you. Yes. But then the baseball mind takes over and I just don't, I I mean, first of all, Joey would have to agree to be the Jose Barrero of this team. Joey has said all along, he thinks he still has baseball left in him and wants to be a starter. That being said, now that there are is news that three teams are expressing interest in Joey Votto, I think it's less and less and less likely that some desperation moment will arise where Joey says, I'll be Jose Barrero. Well, and remember, it's it's four teams. It's not three because he, he clarified that there's four teams. <laughs> okay. So there you go. That being said, Jeff, uh, in my heart, I would love this. In my mind, I'm like, Joey's not going to agree to this. The Reds are not going to want to do this. Um, I think at the end of the day, that could be more of a distraction just with talking heads, making trouble. And why isn't Joey playing? I bet he's mad. I bet he's bitter against CES. Joey Votto hates CES. You know, that's the kind of stuff that would come out. So I I just don't see this as viable. I would love it. I don't see it as viable. I, and I'm with you. I I would love to see it from a heart standpoint, but the mind is telling me, okay, let's, let's do an exercise. He's on this roster. What is the over under? Okay, I'm gonna set it. Joey Votto's on the roster. Over under ten and a half at bats a week. What do you think? It'd be, un- it'd be under. It'd be. Under. I think. It'd be, I think it'd be under. Maybe one day at DH and then a couple pinch hits. He's I think that's really all he would be. Yeah, he's not signing up for that, and that's the thing. Like I, I believe, and there's probably a reason that he is still. I mean, there's a couple of different reasons he's still unsigned, but I think the biggest is because he still sees himself as a difference maker, a guy who can be someone for a team. He does not have that ability to be a difference maker here anymore. Otherwise the Reds would have picked up his option. I believe that I believe that they would have paid the 20 million to keep him here. But when it comes to what the Reds have and what he can offer at this point in his career, 40 year old Joey Votto, not 30 year old Joey Votto, not 35 year old Joey Votto, 40 year old Joey Votto, just cannot provide this team with what they will get out of 25 other players on the roster. I don't know about Jose Barrero, but honestly, Jose Barrero plays totally different positions than Joey Votto. Like Jose Barrero, if he's the 26th man on the roster, can fill a shortstop or a center field hole for a day or something like that, or a second base hole, third base, whatever. He can do that. Joey Votto plays first base in DH, and that's it. So I, I, 
the the mind part of this it just doesn't work it doesn't make sense and look this happens in baseball all the time and i, I remember and, and and i forget who it was the commented but i remember they're like the reds had to move on from tony perez they had to move on from joe morgan they had to move on from pete rose they had to move on from everybody that's how baseball goes our favorite players at some point get too old to be the productive player that they were the rest of their career. And the Reds have to find someone else who's better. And I firmly believe that this year, if you compare what CES does, if you compare what Jamer Candelario does, I think they're probably more productive players than Joey Votto in 2024. All right, let's move to this for just a second, Jeff. And I know this is kind of directed at me. Uh, Doug's asking, can I try and interview Suter? Uh, says my interviews are great. Thanks for that, Doug. I love doing the lefty in the bullpen. Jeff will tell you that you know I get so jazzed about doing those things. And then even our joint interviews on the main channel here, guys, uh, we have had good fortune in getting players from the Reds uh, and being able to talk to them. little inside baseball for you all. It is hard to get active roster players. It's just hard. Jeff and I have done a ton of legwork to get the ones that we have been able to get on the show. That being said, I'll try, Doug. Uh, I will put an official request into the team. Uh, that'll be my only way to get at him right now. I'll try, and if they say yes, then we'll have him on. But because you're asking for it, Doug, for you, I will submit a request, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm a mean, local guy. Have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, that'd be a, that'd be at least a, a two-parter, I, I think. So uh, I'll, I'll try. Worst they can tell me is no. I'll try and see what I can do. Uh, you guys have made this show so popular. You have made this show so known. Uh, we run into you guys time and time again. I think that because there's so many of you, maybe we stand a little bit of a chance. So I will give it a shot. All right, let's move into a few more. Have you seen anything you want to dig into, Jeff, real quick while I read for a minute? Not necessarily. Oh, there was one I did want. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, I'm not going to go back and find it, but let's talk about it. Uh, sorry for whoever asked it. I, I, I tried to save it and missed it. Uh, there was a question about uh, Ellie De La Cruz's middle uh, infield defense, and do we think he will be an improved fielder 2024 versus 2023? Uh, I'm a little concerned that he won't be, and I know that might surprise you, Jeff. Um, I, I just I don't know that, that Ellie's going to focus on the defense. Um, I think Ellie's defense might just be whatever it is. And, and I would think at this point, I'd rather him work on figuring things out offensively than worrying too much about defense. I know there were times he made some big errors at shortstop. I ultimately don't think he's going to end up being a shortstop. So I'd rather him focus on the offense and then prepare for his move to third base or wherever the heck it is that he goes when he finishes filling out and can't range anymore. I think honestly, you can explain a lot of his defensive errors and things like that that he had last year just lack of focus i think that's something he gains as he gains more major league playing time i i think i think he'll be fine i think i'm with you i think eventually he moves off of shortstop but i i, I don't see his defense as detrimental i think he's fine all right let's see who else has something to say sorry guys it is hard for me to talk and read today i usually do this a little bit better uh jeff help me <laughs> yeah, let's do this one uh, branch has a question better chance of being on the opening day roster barrero or india Ooh. and i think it's india but i just i don't see the trade materializing because the trade right now is still just minor leaguers that's all that nick crawl's heard about so i don't think that 
he's looking for that. He's looking to improve the major league roster right now. So I, I think he is on the opening day roster. Barrero, I, 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 at the end of the day, it's just do the Reds want to expose him to waivers or not? I don't think that you can make an argument that he's going to be crazy productive as twenty six as the 26th man, but I, I just don't think that India is getting traded before the season starts either. Here's a fun one from our buddy, Tim Daniel. Tim, how are you, my man? Uh, Tim does late night reds. If you've not listened to his show, go listen to his show. Jeff's been on it. I've been on it. Tim is my Jeff Carr fill in both because he's very knowledgeable about the reds and fun to talk to. And if you're not playing close attention, you'll think it's still Jeff sitting there, uh, added bonus. Uh, so that is the doppelganger question. Uh, is is Tim Daniel your favorite doppelganger, Jeff, or is it Senator Ted Cruz? Well, I've heard that, you know, certain pictures of Graham Ashcraft look like me. And then also there were some pictures of Yonder Alonzo back in the day that looked like me as well. Although that was when I had less facial hair. Um, but yeah, I guess Tim's my favorite. And then circling back to branches, uh, India or Barrero, I, I think India is the answer to that because if there is a big move that doesn't involve an, so let's you know me cover my bases if the big move for a, a right-handed platoon does not include an india trade barrero would be the one i would sacrifice uh, yeah. and i think both playing time wise and just where he ranks in the pecking order in the 26-man roster barrero would be the odd man out uh, if they do work a trade for india for the platoon well then barrero i think solidifies his place on the roster heading into opening day so that's kind of my non-answer answer uh very that was that, that felt very like campaign trail i think i answered for both there i'm not well, sure along, and kind of along the barrera lines and then looping back in the vado conversation uh carrick has an interesting point if barrera doesn't see the field for a week no one will care if vado doesn't it would be a problem if barrera was cut later no one cares if vado is cut how would that yeah. go oh that's that, the thing that like, would be the worst into the story that yeah. you could possibly have that because would, that's the other part of this is like I mean, and, and, and maybe it's just a, you know, Kirk Casale phantom IL stint for the rest of the year, but it's like, how do we want this story to end? I feel like as it stands, this is probably the best scenario as much as we fans would have loved to have like a joy about a week or a joy about a year or, or, you know, whatever that would have turned into. I think this is kind of it. This is where we are. Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, for those of you that don't know what was that you were on mo's show right you were or you were producing yeah, I, mo. Said, I still don't see mo that. said that yeah <laughs> mo's the one that said that um there's a where'd it go where'd it go i gotta do better on my scrolls sorry guys uh here it is mike graham says he sees connor phillips as a future ninth inning guy as opposed to a starting pitcher uh our thoughts on that uh i think that's too soon to make that call i think that Connor Phillips has shown tremendous potential as a starting pitcher. Um, anything can happen, though. That being said, uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it. I don't think the Reds were, are ready at this point with what they've seen, with what Phillips has done, with what his upside has shown to make him a relief pitcher. Uh, that being said, being able to pitch the ninth, focus on a couple pitches, and just go out and throw with maximum effort, he'd be kind of nasty in the back end of a bullpen. He's got great stuff for sure. I, I think that there's still time for him to figure out the starting pitching thing. He's only thrown, what was it, five starts last year. So I, I think there's plenty of time for him to figure some things out. He'll start the year in AAA. We'll see him 
at different points during the season, I'm sure. Um, whether it's just giving other guys rest or if there's an injury or if there's a doubleheader or something, there, there's two guys really that you can look at and say they're going to anchor Louisville's rotation and be the perfect, you know, last second call ups to fill in for starters. And that's Brandon Williamson and Connor Phillips. Just speaks to the depth of this roster that they can do that. Jeff in 812 says India will be crawls trade deadline piece. I kind of agree with this. I think if India makes it to opening day, India makes it to the trade deadline. I think that's how the situation will go. The only thing that can move me off of that, if that there's some big new need that arises and Nick crawl has to scramble to fill it. But as we've said, he's done a good job of creating depth. So I don't know that that exact situation will present itself. So I, I, I think that I agree with this, that if he's here opening day, he becomes the, the trade deadline piece for a, an upgrade for a push for the playoffs. Nick crawl. And, and I think this is just another point to why he's not making a trade this off season. He's got so much ammunition for a, a deadline move to, to bring in that piece that, that just brings it all together. You know, the, the rug that really ties the room together, he's going to be able to go out and get that rug because he's got a lot of different options with which to choose from. And India may or may not be the most valuable piece to trade there. I mean, you might be talking about some other different players there. And one of them, I don't necessarily know that they're looking to trade him because he is so close. And I kind of want to throw this up here. Um, there, there was somebody that asked and I, I was trying to find it and I, I apologize while you're, for, while you're looking for it. Doug checks in and says that you look like Fidel Castro. I love that. Um, a young Fidel though, Jeff young. I mean, you don't have quite as much gray as Fidel was. So can't even Maybe Bay of pigs, Bay of pigs, Fidel Castro. You got that. Other, old he might've been in, he might've been in better shape than you're in. I bet you that Fidel, I bet you that Fidel Castro never fell off a rowing machine. I'm just saying. Um, they didn't have rowing. Debbie, they had rowing boats. Nobody knew who he was. <laughs> Debbie's asking about Kurt Casale, and I know the Reds did a lot this offseason, so it was probably easy to miss Debbie. Kurt Casale, um, they bought him out. He's gone. He is no longer a member of the organization. I would love uh, if he's done playing baseball. I haven't seen if he's signed somewhere else or not. I don't think that he has. If he's not going to be a player in 2024, I would love to see them put him on the coaching staff, maybe a roving catching instructor, a lot of knowledge there. He was really good with handling young pitchers. I think he could be a benefit in the Reds organization. would love to see it. Did you find what you were looking for there, Jeff? I didn't, but I remember the question. The, the question was, is, is one that we've answered before, but I have a, a new kind of feeling, not a new answer, but a new feeling to it. And that is, will Rhett Louder make the major leagues this year? And we've said before, we think that it's going to be a little bit later on in the season, but I find it interesting. Because if you look, and this brings up an article that I wanted to talk about a little bit as well, if you look at some of the national coverage of what the Reds have done this offseason, every time they talk about how good the Reds pitching staff looks, they include Rhett Lauder. And they say they're like, and they got Rhett Lauder waiting in the wings and things like that. They actually include him more than they include Connor Phillips. And I, I find that intriguing to me because we don't necessarily think that way. And I still don't think we see him early in the season, but it's, it's fascinating to me that so many people hold him in high regard makes me think that him being involved in any of the trade rumors that we heard means that Nick crawl just shut down whenever he heard that. And he was just like, yeah, no, we're not talking Rhett louder. Yeah. I, first off, I completely agree with that. I, I think that 
I think Nick Craw probably laughed at some general managers when they made their pitches uh, with what was leaked anyway. Uh, I I think Nick Craw was just probably like, you guys are smoking something over there. We're not doing that. Specifically to Rhett Lauder. If everything goes correctly and if everything goes the way I want to see it go and you want to see it go and you want to see it go, uh, we're not going to need Rhett Lauder in 2024 right given given how his season ended last year and the fact that they didn't fire him up at the major league level or i'm sorry not the major league level professionally they didn't fire him up after they drafted him uh wanted to rest that arm a little bit of arm issues i would be all for bringing him along slowly in 2024 let's Mm -hmm. limit his innings let's not let's tell him outright from opening day listen red We think you are going to be a tremendous asset to the Reds. We think you're going to be a great major leaguer, but we are not going to bring you up this year. I don't care if you have a 0.00 ERA in whatever number of innings you pitch. You're not coming up. Shut down that expectation. I want him to focus on working on his stuff. I want him to focus on getting his mechanics right. I want him to focus on making sure his arm is 100%. I want him to take his time, and I want him to be ready to kick the door down in 2025. I think that's the best, highest usage of Rhett Lauder. Hold him back just a little bit this year to bring him forward in 2025. I think, and and I I definitely agree with that. Where do you rank him talent-wise on the depth chart? Because I definitely would rank him ahead of like Carson Spires, Lion Richardson, and stuff like that. But I don't think it's much higher than that. No, all 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 things being equal, if... If there weren't these arm issues, if I wasn't concerned because it's his first year of professional baseball, if I was throwing out all those concerns, he would be the next man up from the minor leagues in Mm -hmm. my mind, just based on how far along he is. Uh, But he's this much ahead of where I would say Connor Phillips or the rest of the guys that have major league experience now. Um, So I don't think you lose a lot by holding him back and making sure that you don't have some short-term success and create long-term problems for yourself. So I think that's why I'd be willing to hold him back. This is not going to happen because we know what spring training does to pitchers and some guys start the season late. Not everybody's going to end spring training 100% healthy, but if they're 100% healthy, we know the starting five in Cincinnati and we know the starting five in Louisville, like the starting five in Louisville is going to be Williamson Phillips uh, louder Richardson and Spires and then mm-hmm. you've got your starting five in Cincinnati that's all set I mean and on top of that you still have Nick Martinez that's going to be in the bullpen that can be a starting pitcher there's just so much depth and I absolutely love that this from Mr. E who catches more this year Steven Tyler Stevenson hand down hands down um listen I think bringing back Luke Maley we've talked about this Jeff um Tremendous signing for a lot of reasons. One, he's probably one of the better backup catchers in Major League Baseball. Again, backup catcher. Two, he's not starting over with all these rookie pitchers. With a, They don't have to start over with a new catcher. The knowledge that he brings back, the ability to work with those guys, tremendous for the Reds. Love the signing, but that signing was not like a push Tyler Stevenson signing. Uh, that signing was to cre- have a really good backup catcher that, that the pitchers knew. Uh, Tyler Stevenson all the way. Yeah, I I don't have any doubt that Tyler Stevenson will catch the most and get more playing time than Luke Maley will. But Luke Maley's playing time is going to be valuable. That's not to say it won't be. It's just I think I think Tyler Stevenson is going to bounce back in a big way this year. I think people just don't they they saw what he did last year and they think that's who he is. That's not who he is. He was dealing with, you know, 
healing in the collarbone area and trying to get his swing back, trying to figure out what that looks like now. And he was dealing with the fact that for the first couple of months of the season, they decided that first base was supposed to be part of his plan too. And I just think that as much as we supported the idea at the time, we were totally wrong about that. And it's not the only thing we've ever been wrong about. That's for sure. But it, it just, I think that it messed with his, his, you know, plate appearances. And I think that we will see a much better hitter this season from Tyler Stevenson. Jeff, you read and take this one from Carrick. I, I mean, I like this, and I, obviously we're going to talk about this on our next episode. I want to, I wanted to spend more time on the spring training invites because Julian Aguiar was actually one of the more surprising ones to see. He was a great young pitcher for the Reds, and I don't think that he's anywhere on the depth chart as far as like you know maybe he's better than Carson Spires, but I don't think he's better than Lion Richardson or anything like that. But I do. I do feel excited to see what he has for the Reds. I don't know that we'll see him pitch a lot in spring training. I think this is more of a, hey, look, we really value the development that you've shown so far. This is kind of a, you know, let's get you your first taste of Major League Spring Training Camp. But I also feel like he is an exciting addition to that list. I just, I don't put him on the the top 10 that's amazing to say, or top 11 really starting pitchers for the Cincinnati Reds. Cause there is 11 pitchers that we can really trust to at least start one game. I don't know about, you know, Richardson or Spires or like calling on them to start an extended period of time, but in a pinch, the Reds have 11 guys that they can call on. All right, gang, we have crossed the one hour mark here on the Aloha Friday live edition of Locked on Reds. If you've got something burning that you want to ask, get it in there now. We'll do a couple more, and then we're going to get out of here for the week. Uh, I want to say once again, thank you guys so much for spending a Friday afternoon with us. Uh, the numbers have been tremendous this offseason. I love how engaged and excited Reds fans have been this off season. It has been a just refreshing, tremendous change. I know how much better I feel this off season than after the last off season. I know how much better Jeff feels. I see how much better you guys feel. Uh, really appreciate you all being here for this and spending time talking with us. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Love talking Reds baseball. So uh, really appreciate you guys. There's some Aleo Lopez conversation going on. Aleo Lopez. How the hell did you guys end up on Aleo Lopez? Man, we're deep into that. All right. He's a brave listen, now. <laughs> listen, I liked Aleo Lopez and, you know, I understand he was not a masher, but he just went out there and was a grinder every day and didn't complain and did whatever he was asked to do. And I liked that dude. I was really pulling for him, but yeah. Um, I think that our talent level here in Cincinnati has surpassed having the Aleo Lopez's of the world hanging around the roster. Yeah. And that was something I talked about from a pitching standpoint when we were doing our, when I did the spring training countdown the other day and looking at the number 78 and Alan Businitz, who is still in the organization, but he's not on the 40 man roster. It's, it's just goes to show you guys like Aleo Lopez guys like Businitz and all the different uh, players that we saw last year, just cycle through in some way, shape or form. The Reds have gone beyond the whole, like, let's just throw together 26 players and see what we get out of them. They've got a very solid roster now that you can say is the 26 man. And even the 40 man is pretty deep. And I just, I, 
Alejo Lopez was always somebody that I'm like, I feel like I need to see a little bit more from, and I just never saw it. And the Reds never wanted to give him that opportunity. And I feel like they know more than we do when it comes to running a team. So there was a reason that they didn't give him that opportunity. They don't know more than I do. What are you talking about? (laughs) I hate it when you say things like that. That's just clearly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. We'll, we'll end with this. You know, with our evaluations of the team, how do we see the pecking order? What does the division look like at the end of 2024, Jeff? What's the finish? I'm going to go Reds, Cardinals, Cubs, Pirates, Brewers, because I anticipate the Brewers absolutely blowing up the team. I'm going to say... Reds, Cubs, Pirates, Cardinals, Brewers. Wow. I, I don't think okay. the Cardinals are very good. Cardinals think, are you think they're the fourth place team? I, I just don't see it. Like I don't see it. I don't see the talent in the lineup. I don't I mean they've got some talent in the rotation. They've lost a lot out of the bullpen. They still have Ryan Helsley, but who else do they have? I just I really think that the Cardinals did what they did to just be competitive this year. And they needed to do more if they thought they were going to win the division. They don't have, and this is the other thing too. And this is the reason that they made so many moves for the starting rotation. They called up Matthew Libertor last year. They don't have the farm system that they used to remember. It used to be like they would get rid of somebody and they call somebody else up and they'd be amazing. Or they, they, they they just, just bring up different positional guys. And you're like, Oh, they're, they're totally amazing. They don't have that anymore. Their farm system is not where the Reds is. Their their ability to field a major league team is going to be dependent on what they can add between now and spring training. And I don't believe that they are the type of team that can compete for the division this year. All right, Jeff, let's call it a day. I'm throwing just throwing up some of the predictions coming in on the screen there. Uh, I love that nobody said the Reds wouldn't win the division. Thank you guys for that. Uh, And on that note, that's going to do it for this Aloha Friday edition of Locked on Reds. Once again, thank you guys for being here so much. This is my favorite part of the week is getting to talk baseball with you all. Uh, This will be our last show of the week, unless there's more from Nick Crawl. Nick, save it for Monday if you don't mind. Uh, I would appreciate it so that we can (laughs) fill next week. But I appreciate you listening, Nick Crawl. And on that note, Jeff, get us out of here. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out here on this live Aloha edition of the podcast. Coming up next week, the first podcast of the week, we are going to talk about those invites to spring training and what they all mean because there's some exciting names like Julian Aguiar on that list. But until then, you can bet that we will be locked on Reds every single day. (laughs) Fidel Castro. (laughs) Idea. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.